0: Sermon today is called The House We Live In. Think about that, the house you live in. I want to read a scripture to you. I'm glad all of y'all are sitting over here on one side. I hate it when someone goes to the other side. Over there, it's terrible. Second Corinthians 5.1, we know that if our earthly house, this tent, Paul is referring to your body as being a tent, but he also calls it a house, "...is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with a habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked." For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us his spirit as a guarantee. So we're always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleasing, rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Now, <laughs> excuse me. There's a scripture right there that says the guarantee. For all you real estate people, that is actually the, the Greek word earnest money. That means he put earnest on you that he'll return. Paul is making a statement about your body, about the house that you live in. Let me ask you a question, just a simple question, no nothing difficult. If you are driving through a neighborhood and you see a house, can you tell something about the person who lives there? You can tell a lot about them. And I don't mean in a negative sense, but if the house is dilapidated, in other words, it hadn't been painted, the yard's not kept, the the weeds are not mowed, the, 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 the windows are cracked. It's, it's either that the guy doesn't care, or he's sick. He's not doing well. He's unable to maintain his home. But very often when you ride by and you see a house that's immaculate, it doesn't take long to figure out what's going on inside that house. Your body is not you. You're not a body. Most people relate to themselves as being a body. Now I want you to think about this. My house I live in was made in 1953. I was born in 1953, so it's 70 years old. But yet when I bought the house, it was a wreck. They had it painted gator orange. First thing I did was get rid of the gator look. It had Walmart pavers and it had screened front porch, the the roof, the shingles were bad. I mean, the whole house and the man that lived in it uh, was an old, um, uh, um, one of these people that sells junk for a living And, and his wife owned the house. She died of cancer and he never did anything to keep it up, nothing. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we bought it. At We literally paid, I think, 100000 cash for our house. And back then it was worth $300,000. But you pull $100,000 cash out in front of a bum, he'll take it. Because the house, he had no means to keep it up. So the, the house, when we bought it, even though it, the house was solid, the, the, the person living in it, the house looked like him. Let me talk to you about your body for a minute. Very often when we're working on our flesh, we're trying to fix up the inside of the house when the man on the inside of the house is not doing well. That's actually backwards. Backwards. If the house is not looking good, you might want to go into the old man or the man inside and get him straightened out. If that man who bought our house had gotten born again, filled with the Holy Ghost on fire for God, I'll guarantee you he would have done something about the home he lived in. Now, we're going to talk about the man on the inside. I'm talking about the house you live in. But very often we, we, need, we need to go. So, so go back with me to 2 Corinthians 4 4. You don't need to change page. You just look on the other page, 4 4. Um, 4 7. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Now, now back on the scripture we looked at, 5 5. He who prepared for us, He gave us His Spirit. When we we think of the word eternal life, very often what we get in our souls is a time period. That, That word is actually a thousand times bigger than a time period. You know this, I've said it many, many times. People that are not born again are still alive somewhere. They're somewhere. So eternal life is not eternity. It is eternity. But it means the life of God. The life of God. Now we're going to talk about what it means to have his life. The Greek word you know is zoe. Now I wish we really believed Christ lived in us. I wish we really believed Christ lives in us. Now imagine in a house and the guy that owned it and Christ moved in with him. Everything in that house would change. The furniture, the paint, the roof, everything would change. Everything changes based on who's inside. Okay. Now now so I want us to focus on the man inside right now. That we I'm just going to read the scripture again. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That means our our house it does not define us. My house doesn't define me. If I lived in a shack, it would stop being a shack. If I live in a million-dollar house, that doesn't define me. If I live in a $50 million house, it doesn't. You can put a bum in a $50 million house, and he's a bum. So the house does not define you. Your age does not define you. That's quite it. We're going to go here. This is an awesome, what well, we're going to talk about is it. incredibly awesome. So, so I'm going to finish reading this. Let me Verse 16, 4, 16. "...therefore we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction here on this earth, which is only a moment in time, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory." We don't look at things that are seen, but things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporary. The things that are not seen are eternal. It says our outward man. Now, he's not, he's not giving you and I a right to be 80 and your body falling apart. He's not giving, he's not saying that you have to fall apart with time. He's just saying that the inevitable is taking place and you are getting older with time. Your body is getting older. My house is 70 years old, but it no longer looks like it did when I bought it. It doesn't, it's as modern as any house you would buy in any neighborhood. Everything inside of it is as modern, if not more modern, than most houses that you, that you would see. Why is that? The age of the house has nothing to do with that. It's the man inside the house and the woman inside the house that has everything to do with the home. Amen. Everything. The man, you as a spirit. Now, he makes a statement that you're renewed day by day. Listen to what I'm going to say. Your spirit man has no age. You are not 50. I'm I I I am not 70. I am not 70. I don't identify I'm, I have never told anybody when they ask me how old I am, how old my house is. How old are you, pastor? A house I live in, 70. And that's a dumb answer. Why would I relate to you the age of my body? Can, if my spirit is new every day, can that indeed affect the house I live in? Yes. And it should. It should. Oh, boy. Y'all are looking at me really good now. Okay. Go to Romans 8. We're going to go over there. Let's go to Romans 8. If I could get you to stop thinking I'm a body, we will have accomplished a great thing today. If I could get you to quit relating to life, By your flesh. The world, when Adam fell, he no longer, his spirit was separated from God. He no longer related to the world through his spirit. He related to the world through his flesh and through his mind. The world does that. The church should not. You are eternal. You are Eternal. You're not going to be, you don't need, when you die, you don't become eternal. You became eternal when you became, when you're born again. Eternity is already begun. I live in a tent, but my tent is not my home. It's temporary. So I have a lot to do with taking care of it. And using it to the max until I get a new tent or a new house. But for right now, I'm not focusing on the tent. I'm focusing on the man on the inside. Because his well-being is why my tent's fine. If my tent is dilapidated, the man inside is dilapidated. Your physical body is a mirror of what's going on in you. Your enthusiasm is a mirror of you. Your joy is a mirror of you. Your depression is a mirror of you. Don't change the mirror. Change the man on the inside. People say, I have a joy in my heart. Well, we wish to God it would hit your body. Do you understand how lame that is? You can't jump inside and your body not jump. You can't laugh inside and your body not laugh. That's how you see faith. If you're walking around sad and and ugly and hard to get along with, you are a dilapidated man. Not your life. Your circumstances are not the reason you're walking around ugly. The reason you're walking around ugly is you ugly. You live in the best country in the world, and you're miserable. The man inside is messed up. The man that lives in the house is the reason why the house is not painted. Come on. You know, Pentecostal women, I feel sorry for Pentecostal men. You know, the Pentecostals one time came and and made a decision that they no longer had To go by the rules of no makeup. Well, what do you think a woman looks like that has learning to put makeup on at fifty? The men came to the charismatics and said, "Teach our wives how to use makeup because they look terrible." You know, you got to learn to put on makeup when you're a kid. It it it's an art. You know you do it from traffic light to traffic light. You know, that's, that's why they have mirrors and visors for women. It keeps Maybelline in business. I mean, on the way down, they stop at a traffic light, drop the mirror out. When they hear a horn behind them, they go, yeah, buddy, okay, flip it up, put the Maybelline down in the next traffic light so that when they get to work, they don't look like they just got out of bed. Amen. I can see Angela over there laughing. That means that she's guilty of that. Romans eight eleven, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you think Jesus, his physical body, was like when he walked the earth? Dilapidated, falling apart, barely getting out of bed in the morning, joints aching. Why, why would it be that he didn't look, walk, and talk like a sick man? He wasn't sick inside. Now, think about this. The same life. That went down in the region of the dam and raised him up is inside of you. If you learn to turn the life loose, your house would get painted. The boards would get fixed and the windows would get fixed. And your house, though a hundred years old, would be a beautiful place. I had a lady walked out of here one day. She walked by me. And um, I was joking with her and I didn't, I I hate to guess people's ages because I don't want to offend older women. So I said, are you 65? I knew she was about 75. She said, I'm 89. I said, lay your hands on me. Good God almighty. I mean, she didn't look a day over 65. I mean, she was jumping and running to her car and I went, Honey, something good's going on inside you. And then I get around people who are 65. How you doing? Well, you know, Pastor, my bursitis. Well, who told you you had bursitis? Why don't you do something about that leaky faucet? Boy, I'm preaching better than you, amen. I've had days... When when physically, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I didn't feel like getting on a lawnmower, so I put Josh on it, put him on the weed eater. I just don't want my yard to look like no one lives there. When we leave and go someplace, we make someone empty our mailbox. We don't want it to appear that no one's home. Boy, I'm preaching better than you, amen. If the spirit of him, and it is, raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, does he? Same life. That's the same life's going to be in you in heaven. That's not going to change. Are you going to be healthy in heaven? Why do you have to die to be blessed? I can't wait till I get my mansion. Why don't you get one now? Take, you know, if, if you have an automobile, and when I say an automobile, I'm, I'm not talking about a work truck, Work trucks should look like work trucks. So if you have a work truck that's not clean like Robert's, that's normal. But if you have a car you drive every day and and it looks like it hadn't been washed and you haven't picked all the McDonald's wrappers out of the floorboard, you don't need a new one. If you can't take care of the car you have, you don't need a nicer car. I always tell parents don't you ever buy your 16 year old a brand new car without an enormous amount of insurance because they will bump it into something at different speeds. I know a girl, I won't mention her name, and her mother said, I'm not having a piece of junk in my driveway. I said, your daughter's 16, you need to buy a piece of junk. Well, I'm not going to have it. What would the neighbors think? So she bought her daughter a brand new pickup truck. The first week, the cheerleaders at school decided to dance on the hood. Dumb kids crushed the hood in. The next week, the girl was coming around the corner, and it happened to be raining. The truck started spinning and went in a ditch and wiped out a whole right side of the truck. It's only two weeks old, and it looks like it was, should be in the junkyard. What do you think? How, how good of a driver are you at 16? Say not. Buy a piece of junk, and wait till they turn 21. Let them bang up something old that's already dinged and banged. Then when they learned to drive, okay, never mind. I shouldn't have got off on all of that. It's your fault as a parent you buy your kids a nice car. Never mind. I got to change. I got to go. Go to Joshua 14, Joshua chapter 14, uh, page 202 in my Bible. The Bible is a wonderful book. I I'm going to give you a scripture that I that I'm standing on for for myself. I'm just going to let you in on it. All right. Then verse Ch- Joshua fourteen six. The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jethaniah the Kenite said. You know the word the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh to spy out the land, and I brought back word that was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. And I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance to your children forever, because you wholly followed the Lord your God. you got to follow God if you want this promise to work for you. If you're not, forget it. it. don't won't work. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said, These 45 years since the Lord spoke this word. So Moses Uh, While Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now I am 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as the day Moses sent me, just as my strength was then. So now is my strength for war both going out and coming in. I'm 85 years of age, and I can whoop you. He said, there is nothing. Now, listen to me. It's not his body that's strong. He listen, when he was 45 he was on fire for God and the life of God on the inside of him kept his physical body for 85 years. He probably died an old man, not even sick. Boy, that's good preaching. That's good preaching. You know what inspired me to preach this is I was at a meeting, I wasn't at the meeting, I was watching Kenneth Copeland at, at, at Mark Hankins' meeting, and, and he's like almost 90. His hair is still black. And he's still as strong today and as good a preacher as he was when he was 40 years of age. And I went, Shonda, I'm 70. Lord have mercy, he's almost 20 years older than I am. And I went, Daryl Morgan, you better get the man on the inside. You better build that man up on the inside. Come on. Say, I'm strong. In the Lord. In the power of his might. Body. Get in line. Now, what I'm trying to do. Is if you'll go back and remember when I was talking about mental image. Let me, let me just say something to you very powerful. Stop seeing yourself sick and dilapidated. When people start talking about how old are you, say it's irrelevant. How old do you think I am? One guy looked at me and said the other day, he said, well, I'm older than you are. I said, how old are you? He said 63, and I said, you are I said, I, I'm new every morning, glory be to God. I looked at him and I said, my body's 70. He said, no way. I said, you better believe no way. Lisa and I are going to Tennessee this week. I'm, not, I'm going to say that to you only because I know y'all are going to come and try to rob the house. J- J- Josh and Jordan are there saying the house is not empty. Have y'all ever seen the mountains? Yeah. I could care less. I I don't, I'm not intimidated by hell. Boy, y'all are quiet. Not intimidated by tough. Not bothered by it. I don't see myself that way. I don't see myself old. As a matter of fact, I think I'm a puppy I love it when Lisa calls me her boy. I went, you better believe it, darling. I am your boy. I am your little boy. Honey, you just keep thinking like that. <laughs> the verse 12, now therefore give me this mountain. Eighty-five years of age. All right, I got another one for you. You ready? Psalm 27.1, pop it on the screen. Psalm 27.1, just pop it on the screen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Say greater. Is he inside of me? See, the life of God. Now, I'm going to say something here, and I don't want you all to go off on, and, be, and just be ugly with me for a minute. Just be ugly. I, 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 I agree that there are times when you need someone to lay their hands on you. But it shouldn't be all the time. You're walking around with Christ in you. Looking for someone to jump your battery. I'm not saying that if you get in a situation where, where, where you need agreement. Then you get in a line and you get someone to get an agreement with you. But I will tell you this, if you'll start laying your hands on the sick and get that life in you flowing, it'll heal your body. You have the same spirit that brought Jesus out of hell inside of you, and you're waiting on someone else to give you their life. There's got to be something bad wrong with the way you think. Christ in me. They stoned Paul to death they prayed for him, and then he got up and went back in the city. It doesn't elaborate a lot on that. But you know, that's got to be. I want to see the video of that when I get to heaven. Stoned to death, prayed for him, and then he got up and went back in the city and preached the next day. I mean, that's like, tell us the rest of the story. A night and a day in the deep. Swimming in an ocean for a day and a half. That's not an old man. That's not even a normal man. Okay. Say devil? You can't kill me. <laughs> I'm doing a whole I'm doing pretty good. 2nd Samuel 23. I got a couple more scriptures. And if y'all don't liven up, I am definitely buying y'all coffee next time. I'm definitely giving you 2 Samuel 23. You're probably thinking, be quiet, we want coffee. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? I love, I love, the only place you'll find this is your Bible. There's not another book on the planet that would ever tell you this. Here's, Here's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I got it marked. I got almost got this memorized. Verse eight, twenty-three, eight. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Jos, Josh. Say it again. Yeah, that's what that. Bathsheba, the Takmonite. How would you like to be a Takmonite? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be a. Um, what's this next one? Adonite. I don't want to be an Adonite either. But they're so bad you don't want to make fun of them. All right, anyway. Chief among the captains, he was called Adonite, the Asnite because he killed 800 men at one time. Gently, shut up. Bruce Lee, you ain't squat. Now, you, the Bible doesn't lie. Here's a man stepped in a field with a sword, and they're fighting to kill him too. So tell me when he got tired. He didn't. Now let me tell you this. He's not born again. He only has the anointing on him. But where did he get it? From David. God anointed David. David is a type of Christ. So we understand that what we're reading here is a type of the church this is this is in someone needs to make a movie right now in israel i expect the jewish idf to clean clocks I'm not even worried about them. I'm praying over them. Every time they pull the trigger, 10 guys die. I mean, I expect them, I expect them to be deadly sharp and accurate. You, you understand? Come on, y'all. This, and, and we're not even, we're reading an old covenant here. We're not even talking about a man born of God with the Holy Ghost living inside his spirit. I'm tired. Pastor, why? You can have what you say. Uh, I know, I know, I can, I know you teach that, Pastor, but uh, tell me why I'm tired. You can have what you say. Well, I'm just saying it because I'm tired. No, maybe you're tired because of what you say. Well, I just ignore it. Well, you can have what you say. I'm broke. You can have what you say. You've already squashed the life of God that's on the inside of you, you broke thing. I can't wait till next service. I'm going to get excited. After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Oh, my God, that's worse. One of the three mighty men that David, when they defiled the Philistines, were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel retreated. Everyone ran. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned only to plunder. One guy, after him was Shema. He's my favorite, the son of Aggi, the Herorite, The Philistines gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Now you know Mark Hankins makes fun of him because all he was fighting for was beans. But listen to me, they're they're my beans. Amen. They're my beans. You ain't. I, I, listen, listen. It's not a matter of they're my beans. They're my beans. And I don't give a real, you're not touching my field. You're not touching my house. You're not touching my checkbook. You're not touching my body. You're going to get out of my field or I'm going to stand here in the middle of the field and kill everybody that comes to attack me. And if no one helps me, I'll be standing alone. And when I'm done, everybody around me will be dead. Now I know that y'all need ten people. You don't. I know you need to call the Seven Hundred Club and get hundred people praying for you. But the prayers of a man in right standing with God makes tremendous power available. One man, one man is a multitude. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. But that, that he gathered together troops. And he stationed himself in the middle of the field, and he defended it, and he killed the Philistines, and the Lord brought about a great victory. I mean, I mean, it doesn't tell us eight hundred; it might have been two hundred thousand. You know, right now, um, um, Hezbollah is talking about all the men they have, and I'm going, Shondai Jack, do you really think? That matters when God is on your side? You have got, you have lost your mind. Have you forgotten the six-day war? You don't, Have you forgotten about David and Goliath? Y'all are crazy. Quit attacking these people. They're going to kill everybody when it's all said and done. Israel is never going to be lost again in Jesus' name forever and forever. The Bible says God's going to rain down hell's fire and brimstone from heaven and kill all the Russians and all of the Syrians and all of the turkeys and all of the geese and all of the rats and... You're just jumping on the wrong bunch of people. They have a covenant with God. Say, I have a covenant with God. Say, greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. Say, no weapon formed against me are prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn it and prove it to be wrong. The greater one is on the inside of me. Body, get in line. Get in line, Jesus' name. Get in line. Now, we're going to talk about your mind. Well, you know, I'm getting old. No, no, I have the mind of Christ. I don't have dimension, never will, never going to. If I forget something, it's on purpose. Lisa said, did you remember that? And I went, no, nope, forgot. Never mind, never mind. She's probably listening to me. 2 Chronicles 1, Are y'all ready? Oh, my God, I got 35 more minutes. I, got, I can do this today. I can do this today. I'll tell you, I get excited. I just get excited. 2 um, Chronicles 379. I, I got a number of my pages because it's very difficult to find scriptures when you're up here preaching. 2 Chronicles 1. Now, now this one, uh, never mind. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Now, now, verse 6, Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to To David, my father, be established. You've made me king over people like the dust of the earth and multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people who can judge this great people of yours. And God said to Solomon, "'Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but you've asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king.'" Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I'm going to give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had and who were before you, sure, any after this, after the like. We know that he became the wisest man in the earth. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and and again, please have mercy on me. I'm, I'm not trying to pick a fight. What... When you went to college, they've already thrown the books they taught you from away. They're outdated. They're no good. They've never, thrown the, they've never changed a word of the Bible. There's only one book that's perfect. And Now, again, don't get mad. Solomon never went to school. We bought a lie. Now, I don't mean that there are people, if you're going to be a lawyer... Go to school. If you're going to be an automobile mechanic, you need to learn natural things. Go to trade school. Do you understand? I'm not anti-school. School School educates your head to do a certain job. But it doesn't give you wisdom and knowledge. It does not give you. You can be educated like they are in Washington and be dumb as a rock. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make you think for a minute. You, you followed the world, and it didn't benefit you a bit. And, you, and many young people, at the expense of the Spirit, see, if you want to train something, train your children to connect with their Spirit and walk in the Spirit and walk in the wisdom of God. Amen. Tap it. Holy Ghost can tell you more in five minutes than five years of higher learning. Now that's hard to preach in a charismatic church. That's more in bed with the world than they are with church. We have children right now, they go to call, they don't come back to church. You've already sent them to a a Democrat left-wing school, and they've screwed your kids up, and now they're more screwed up, and you never, never mind, never mind. Good God Almighty. Well, they have to have an education. Well, get them up here praying in tongues for an hour. I'm not... The guy that started Wendy's never even got a high school diploma. I'm not saying drop out of school. I'm just saying drop into church. Don't neglect the life of God on the inside of you and then try to educate your head. And your heart is all messed up because you're going to be messed up. I don't care where you went to school. If your heart's not right, your life will never be right. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Guard your heart, for out of it are all the issues of life. Jesus never did tell Solomon to go to college. Yet the Holy Ghost, in one nanosecond, made him wiser than any man that ever walked the earth, except Jesus. And Jesus said, A greater than Solomon is here, and now Jesus lives inside of you. Good God Almighty. He has made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Do you want to know how to fix all your problems? It's it's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God. Oh, boy. Yeah. uh, uh, Father, help me get through this, get to the next lesson, next group of people. 2 Chronicles chapter 9. 2 Chronicles, let's go to chapter 9. Oh, Jesus, thank you. 2 Chronicles 9. When the queen of Sheba heard that the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions and having a great ret. Help me, Melanie, R-E-T-I-N-U-E. What? At least Melody went to college. I'm sorry. I need someone who didn't go to college. Tell me how to. I'm teasing you, Melody. I'm teasing you. I won't do that to you again. Not the second service. I won't tell them that we had a college girl that didn't know her any more than. Retinue. I know it means a lot of people came with her. That's what... Camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. She's got questions. Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing too difficult for Solomon. He could not explain it to her. I'm gonna stop right now and brag on your pastor. There I've never met a man that asked me a Bible question I couldn't explain it to him. I've forgotten more Bible than any ten preachers you ever met in your entire life. But it has nothing to do with how smart I am in my head. It has to do with me sitting in a chair. And tapping into the knowledge of God. Amen. <laughs> Say me too. Me too. me too. me too. That's prayer in Ephesians. He said you to pray That you'd have a revelation of all that God gave you in Christ. Revelation of everything Jesus did for you. Come on, y'all. This. I want want you to. If someone said to me, Pastor, I wish I was as smart as you. I'm going to say to you, you are. You have a reservoir in you. Tap it. Tap it. Robert will appreciate this. I've had words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I've had more words, gifts of the Spirit, over toilets and sinks than I have people. I've never looked at a thing mechanically that I couldn't read exactly how it was built and what it would take to repair it. Never. One day I was working on my Supersport 396. And I was underneath the, the dash. My windshield wipers wouldn't work. And I'm in there with a battery tester with, a, with an amp meter. And, I'm, and, I, and it's, I'm thinking, it's got power to it. I said, Lord, what's the deal? And he drew a schematic in my soul and said these words to me. This operates on a ground principle. When you turn the wipers on, you're grounding them. He said, "Your ground, your power. You have power. You just need to fix your ground wire." Now I'm thinking, Shondi. If God can fix windshield wipers, what can can He fix anything? I, I, I'm going to tell you another story. I got hundreds of these, hundreds, hundreds. One night, I got a phone call when I was in Tulsa. I was a maintenance man, and the urinal. In the in in the office building was running, and the water's running and flooding the bathroom, flooding the bathroom, just flooding it. And I and I'm it's like two in the morning, and they called me and I went down. And I have a key, a master key to everything, and I unlocked it and I walked in. and The urinals running, the urinals running, and I said, "Lord, help me." He said, "Hit it with a wrench." That's I do. Hit it with a wrench. I went. Lord, help me. He said, hit it with a wrench. I said, no, that can't be. I said, what's wrong with it? He said, hit it with a wrench. I just pulled my pocket wrench on him. Bam, popped it with a wrench. And it quit working, and it quit running. And I went, hmm, that worked. And I went home went to bed. And the next morning when I woke up, I called a plumber and I said, what's with this? He said, oh, the flapper stuck. He said, the best thing to do when it does that is smack it with a wrench. Now, I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to say this to you. You can live. Shondai. y'all, come on. You can live like this. I got another story. Y'all ready? I got another story. I, I can tell you stories all day. We can be here all afternoon. Put a picture of the truck I wanted, the white truck. And this is what I wanted on it. I wanted one of them bed things that you pull out that covers the bed so that when I pick Mary Fran up and Shekinah Glory, I can cover their suitcases. Then I want steps because I'm going to lift it three and a half inches and I got to get Cindy Duvall and Mary Fran in my truck and they've got to have steps. So I want those steps that go when I get in it. And I want it to be white and I want it to be a V8. And I, and, and I, and I got a picture of exactly what I want. Well, one day Mark Hankins comes in and he says, you ought to go get that, go get that truck. And inside of me, the spirit of God said, go to the Toyota dealership in Leesburg. They have your truck. I went, yes, sir. I got, and I went to Leesburg and I went in there and I said, I'm looking for a white tundra. He said, we don't have one. And I'm going, yeah, you do too. Now, I'm thinking, I know, I heard from God. You not only have a white truck, you have my white truck. And so he says, we have a gray one out back. I said, I don't want a gray one. He said, well, there's not a truck like that in the whole southeast. We've already looked on our computer. I said, well, it's white or nothing, And I said, let me see the gray one I want to see. He said, you ought to see what we did to this truck. I went out, steps, bed liner, lifted, big wheels and tires, everything. But it's gray. Don't want gray. Then he said, I said, well, who did this? He said, well, it's one of the managers upstairs that manages the whole Toyota dealership. I said, I want to talk to him. I want to find out where he did all of this To his truck, who did it? He said, well, we had it sent off and done, but I'll let you meet him. I said, I want to meet him. I don't know where my truck is, but it's here. He said, yeah, I just, he said, that's my truck. I had to turn it in. I'm only allowed to drive so many miles, and then I had to get a new one. He said, would you like to see the new one I have? I just got through doing all of that work to it. It taken me months to get it ready. I'm so excited. I said, I want to see it. He pulls it around front. It's a white tundra with lifted three and a half inches with side steps and one of them thingamajiggies in the back. And I said, is it for sale? And he went white, whiter than white, white. He said, technically it is. I said, it's sold. I said, that's my truck. I said, let's do the deal. Are y'all out there, did you go home? Uh, Listen, I I know that you've been traveling all over town looking. Shonda, you don't have to go everywhere looking. Uh I can imagine Jesus saying, listen, guys. I've been looking for a certain, I've been looking all over Israel. And I I don't think so. Ladies, it'll help you with shopping. To know where the dress is and what store it is and what rack it's on. I've had it happen. More than one time, God, to show me what store, where to buy it, who has it. Okay. yeah Ben come on y'all, this oh, I got ten minutes with y'all, I think, and the verse four, and the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and, and the house that he built, and the food on the table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, his entryway into which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no spirit in her, and she said to the king. It was a true report that I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And if deed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me, you exceed the fame. He said, she said, this exceeds anything I ever imagined. What happened to him? God, Old Testament, he ain't born again. He's not born again. You are. It says that Jesus was greater than Solomon. And say the greater one lives in me. There's a scripture that says he has been made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I'm trying to get you to understand that you need to develop your spirit man. Develop. Your spirit, you develop your soul, you develop your mind, that's good, nothing wrong with that. You develop your body, but most people's spirit, man, is dilapidated. Their spirit's sick. You're not working on your circumstances. Work on you. Work on you work on the spirit. work on the man that lives in the house not the house the house will take care of itself Amen. say i can develop my spirit man now now i got several more here i'm not i'm not even going to go um There is nothing that you face that you and God the Holy Ghost can't conquer. Not on this planet. You're not getting more wisdom when you die and go to heaven. You're not getting more anointing. You're not getting more Holy Ghost. You're not getting more righteous. You're not getting more born again. Everything you need, you have it right now. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. Boy, this is good. I want you to understand there. There's nothing going on when when you develop, when you develop your spirit, man. Nothing is impossible. You know the Wright brothers were born again Christian boys who had a vision of flying. And they began to pray. And Holy Spirit taught them how to make an airplane fly. Never been done before. Imagine what you could do. Imagine, just imagine the magnitude. Father God, thank you for this morning. I, I've, I've opened the Word of God. I've done the absolute best I could. And in this room right now are men and women that are more than conquerors. The greater one lives in them. The life of God is in them. The same spirit that got Jesus out of hell lives on the inside of us. I pray that they walk out here today and go, I'm going to develop my spirit, man. I'm going to develop my spirit. I'm going to become a spiritual Man, And I found out that'll make me just like Jesus. It'll make me more than a conqueror. And I can become anything you said I can become in Jesus' name. Thank you, Robert. Y'all have any idea this? Kenneth Copeland was a fat, broke pilot. Joyce Myers was a hot pants wearing B-I-T-C-H. She said that. I didn't. But she got full of God and developed her spirit and became a woman of God. There's the only limit is you. The only person limiting you is you, and it isn't God. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church.